Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Tech Tuesday on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's tech guest, but we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition. We coach the global community of women in high school sports and vital signs wall of fame. You heard me say many times, these are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes as we give our sponsors their shout out. These are all great companies that I used as a coach or as an athletic director. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every day, and it was just great. And the Home Campus staff was great to work with, too. To find out more about how you can get started with Home Campus, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. SnapRaise is the best fundraising platform you can find. But there's also Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and a whole lot more. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. You're going to find digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, more customization. Hometown is here to make the best online ticketing solution for you. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for the Educational AD Podcast. And if you go to gipper.com, their pros are going to show you how to create world-class marketing content for your school social media channel. You can do it in seconds, and it's so easy, even I can do it. Celebrate your teams, promote your athletes at Gipper.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided them to coach our kids up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join this 8 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, their mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. Go to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to display your school records, your school's Hall of Fame, or just tell your school's stories. Uh, share your history, share your proudest moments, and your top role models. You'll find it all at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule that 
live web demo today, sidelineinteractive.com. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys connects you with the 2%, but they also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with your principal, your school board, or that frustrated parent. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Well, the first thing. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Tech Tuesday on the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a return guest with us. Uh, regular listeners of the podcast will remember this, and regular readers of the uh, IAA magazine will recognize the name, Dr. Thomas Sawyer. He's got an incredible background in athletics. He was a college professor, um, you know, coach, uh, and now he's a regular contributor uh, to the IAA magazine on ways that athletic directors uh, sometimes have run afoul of uh, legal issues, but more importantly, how we can all avoid doing that same thing. Um, he's a consultant, he's an author, and again, he's going to talk today on uh, kind of a back-to-school episode of uh, how athletic directors can, uh, you know, avoid being on the wrong side of a liability issue. So, Dr. Thomas Sawyer, welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Glad to be back, Jay. Well, we were just talking. It's uh, a bright summer day. Uh, we're recording this on August 18th, uh, so it's going to be pretty timely when you're listening to it. Um I thought I'd ask Dr. Sawyer to, you know, just kind of talk about some ways uh, in a maybe a back-to-school environment that athletic directors can, again, avoid something that we want to avoid. We never want to be in a situation where a student-athlete's been injured or, or something's gone awry. Usually those things happen because we didn't do something that was easily done to prevent it. So, uh, Dr. Sawyer, what do you have for our listeners uh, today on Tech Tuesday? liability avoidance well i've got a, a number of things as a consultant to lawyers and working with lawyers they usually call upon me to help them decide whether or not they ought to take a case and sue a school sue a coach sue an athletic director because a athlete has been hurt or a spectator's been hurt uh, on a premise uh, where they've gone to a, an event and been hurt on a either on a bleacher or they've gotten hit in the face with a baseball or a softball uh, because we've done something we shouldn't have done or failed to do something or have been careless and that comes down to the to the nasty term called negligence. And negligence is where we haven't done something intentionally. It's been, we've been careless. And we all make mistakes. The sad part about it, in this day and age, lawyers make money off of us because we make mistakes. And 
we're human. And because we are human, we make mistakes. And lawyers make a living off of us because we make mistakes. For years and years and years, we never got sued. We got, as physical educators, back when I was first starting in the field of coaching and teaching, a physical educator was the one who was getting sued because we, as physical educators, had to provide classes in physical education because they were required. Now, that's changed a little bit in the landscape today because of the laws that no longer require physical education for a lot of reasons, and I don't want to get into that, but <clears throat> we now are not being sued as often. But back in the day when we were being sued, we were being sued because students had to go to our classes and we had to be careful and we made mistakes and they, they sued us left and right. We as coaches, on the other hand, weren't getting sued because kids came out to participate on a voluntary basis. They weren't required to be out there. So the level of duty, and that's a nasty word, but a lovely word for lawyers, the level of duty for us was lower because they were coming out there because they wanted to play whatever sport it was. So the assumption was that they took on the risk. Assumption is an important word in the eyes of a lawyer, uh, especially uh, to protect you. If I'm working for you as a, as a defense lawyer, and you assumed a risk, the plaintiff says, hey, I, you assumed a risk, then therefore you should not be penalized. If I'm the coach, I shouldn't be penalized. You assumed the risk, you knew what the dangers were. So if you got hurt, too bad. And in that situation, you're not going to be penalized as a coach. Well, that's all changed in this day and age. Because now we've got to protect kids. We've got to tell them what the dangers are. And you say, what do you mean you got to tell what the dangers are? You play football. Give you an example. You play football. You got a helmet. And you run into each other. Bang. Head on. You got to, kids have got to assume and know that they're going to get hurt. Well, you need to tell them that. You say, what do you mean I got to tell them that? Well, you got to tell them that because they got to know they're going to get hurt and they got to know how they're going to get hurt. Is it going to hurt their neck? Is it going to hurt their head? Is it going to hurt their face? And on and on and on. Because the new standard out there in this situation today and it's changed in the last five years. And in most states, including three important states, because they're the ones that set the precedent, 
in the states of California, New York, and Illinois, they have moved away from the status-based approach in favor of applying negligence-based reasonable person standard in premises liability cases. And this is what we look at when we look at playing sports, whether it be the spectator or whether it be the player or the coach on the sideline or the official who gets creamed on the sideline if you're working a football game. <clears throat> Under this standard, the owner, in this case, the school district or the football coach or the athletic director who is using the field and preparing the field for preparations to play a game must warn others about any hazards that are going to face you. If there's sprinklers on the field that didn't come down when they should have come down when you turned off the watering. If there's an indentation on the field because the sprinklers ran too much and left a soft spot. The coach is responsible for checking the field. The athletic director is responsible for checking the field. The athletic director is responsible to go over the field with the officials who are also responsible for that field to make sure it's safe for participation. If there's any indentations where somebody can twist an ankle, break an ankle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's all the responsibility of the people who are running that particular facility and that game. So they have to be aware of those hazards and decide whether to participate in the game or not. An injured party's claim can even be based on hazards that was not actually you were not actually aware of. But it's your responsibility because guess what? It's your field. It's your set of bleachers. And we all know bleachers. And we all know little kids get on bleachers. And mom and dad come to the game with brother and sister. And we know there's, a, there's an opening between the, where you put your foot, the footrest, and the seat. Well, little kids can get under that if it's not enclosed. They can get under that and fall from the very top, which could be as much as 10, 15, 20 feet to the bottom because it's not enclosed. That's a hazard and that's an unsafe hazard. So you got to warn them. So how many school bleachers have a sign that says warning, there's an opening there and your child could fall through the opening? Well, probably very few, if any but you're responsible for that. It's just an example. Yes, you have your hand up. Yeah, um, uh, interesting point. Um, I know, or I believe, that there's a, uh, an industry standard or you know, let's say a, a best practice legal standard for bleachers that once you've gotten to you know three rows or five rows or whatever it is, that there has to be a, a back on that top row so the person sitting in that top row on say a a three level three seat uh, three step bleacher there usually isn't a back because it's so low but as you get up higher there's supposed to be a, a back on that to keep people exactly. off is there to your knowledge and i know this you know you're not supposed to be an expert on this but is there any 
standard uh, about that opening that you're just talking about, you know, underneath the seats to keep kids from crawling? Or is that just, um, as you said, you need to have a sign or you should have a sign warning people, hey, this is a hazard. In new, in new bleachers that are coming out, yes, there is. But old bleachers that have not been retrofitted, there isn't. And you, you just can't believe how many old bleachers are out there. Oh, absolutely. That don't have that. And how many old bleachers that are out there that don't have the backs on them that are on the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh row that don't have any backs. And it's amazing, especially in rural locations. Uh, you'll see bleachers that'll, you just look at them and you say, oh my gracious, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to sit in those bleachers. <laughs> Yeah, even I remember even at my old uh, my school uh, prior to my retiring a couple of years ago on our softball field. Uh, I know they were at least five and, and maybe six rows, but that top row, there was no back on it. Um, yeah. And and of course, they were out. They've been out there for, you know, 30 years. So yeah. great, yeah. great point. Uh, didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I wanted to get oh, that question. In. <laughs> no, that's fine. So the new uh, the new reasonable person standard that they're going by is that you have to show and warn everybody of the hazards even though you may not recognize the hazard you're responsible for that hazard so with that in mind let me go back and say to you ad's if you don't have you better think about getting one very quickly, a risk management plan. And you better have a risk management committee made up of yourself, a few of your head coaches, your athletic trainer. If you don't have an athletic trainer, you need to get somebody who, the school nurse, you need to get somebody in the local fire department who is an EMT. You need to have some other folks who are knowledgeable about issues that deal with hazards, such as an, uh, <clears throat> uh, deal with natural disasters who can be on there, who can tell you uh, in your risk management planning what to do in a case of a natural disaster, an evacuation plan, how to get people out of your indoor facility, out of your outdoor facilities in case of a, depending on where you're located, whether it be a hurricane or whether it be a tornado or whether it be uh, a straight wind, uh, what you do in a, a lightning storm, especially if you got metal bleachers, you can't believe the facilities that when there's lightning, they get their athletes off the field but they don't get their spectators off the bleachers and their metal bleachers. <laughs> it's amazing that we don't think about those things, but we do think about our athletes. Uh, you need to also have in this risk management planning, you need a point person. Doesn't necessarily have to be you, the athletic director, but somebody needs to be assigned to coordinate the risk management committee and that you need to do a risk management audit of all your facilities, of all your sports, 
of looking at what are the risks, what are the, the most serious to the least serious risks, and you need to list those, and you need to rank the priority of the risk from the worst to the least, and a action plan as to how you're going to take care of the most serious to the least serious. And the reason I say that is once something happens and you go to court and you're sued, if you can produce that risk management plan that you've recognized these things and you have a plan in place to take care of these things, it looks good in court that at least you knew that was there you were attempting to do something about it, but you hadn't yet been able to do it because of fiscal issues or whatever it might be, that will help you in mitigating the situation if you are sued. You also need to have an annual report dealing with all your risks and you need to have a safety audit of all your sports, a safety plan you need to also have an emergency action plan. These things need to be in place. If you don't have them, you better get them. You better start losing sleep at night if you don't have them because it's gonna come back and haunt you, especially if you get sued because if you get sued and you don't have them and you get an expert witness like me you're going to wish you had them because I'm going to be chewing you up because you don't have them. Dealing with plans and you're going to say, my God, he's going to come up with more plans and I don't have these things. You need to have a strength and conditioning plan, which has got all your policies and procedures for the weight room. And that your head coaches at minimum your head coaches are certified through the National Strength and Conditioning Association for setting up strength and training plans. And not just anybody does it, they need to be certified through the, through the National Strength and Conditioning Association and or through the American College of Sports Medicine and certified. That makes it look good and those certifications are renewed at least if somebody gets hurt and you're in a situation and your, your coach is put on a stand and you're asked the question or the coach is asked the question, do you know who the National Strength and Conditioning Association is? And they don't sit up on a stand and sit there and look at you or look at the lawyer and like, what are you asking me? I've never heard of these people. You don't look very good in front of a jury and you got a kid who's injured seriously, broken bones or quadriplegic, et cetera, et cetera. And same is true with your athletic training personnel. If you don't have them, you better get a contract and get them. Your superintendent needs to know that this is important because one lawsuit that cost you a few million dollars is going to really make you look pretty bad financially to the city and a taxpayer when you could have had a, an athletic trainer certified who might cost you forty-five, fifty thousand dollars versus 
two or $3 million, big difference. And again, they need to be certified through the National Athletic Trainers Association. These are things you need to have. And then you also need to have an athletic training manual, which has policies and procedures. I can't tell you the number of schools now who are training freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors to be athletic training assistants and giving them high school credit which will transfer to a local community college and even to a senior institution as credit towards an athletic training degree. And then they will help an athletic trainer. These are all things you can get to help you. And I would also tell you, and you probably already know this, when I first started in the coaching field, you didn't have to be certified. And I can't tell you the number of coaches that aren't certified. It's a lot better than it was years ago. About, oh, I want to, time flies by when you get to be my age. But I started coaching education in the state of Indiana about 30 years ago, and everybody kind of snickered at me. But now coaching education is important. Your coaches need to be certified. They need to be certified in CPR. They need to be certified in the in the use of AD, AED. Right. You need to have AEDs available to your coaches if in an outdoor situation as well as in an indoor situation. Coaches have cell phones. They know how to contact and get people to the site when a kid is injured. Back when I was coaching, we didn't have cell phones. I, I, I relished the day when I got a bag phone. Boy, that was, that was something else. I had it in my car, and it, it was attached to my horn. So if I needed something, I could get it out of my car. But we need to have those things and you need to have it. You're going to look pretty darn bad if you don't have these things in court because it's available and it's there and, and everybody has it. I did a case down in West Virginia. Oh, it's been two, two, three years ago now where the high school athletic director provided an athletic trainer from one of the universities had a contract with one of the universities for a athletic trainer. And he provided an athletic trainer to the football team for home games and practices, but not for away. And he had a kid seriously injured with a concussion at an away game. And he depended on the high school at away games to provide trainers for his team, believe it or not. This kid had a serious concussion and it was noted by the athletic trainer at an away school and he was pulled out of the game. He came back home, they gave the note to the coach the coach 
told the athletic director from the the uh, the home athletic director, but they did nothing about it. He went away to the next the last game and got another hit in the head. He was never pulled out, never had a concussion protocol, and they had all the equipment to do that. And they gave it to the coaches to do the testing, and they never did the testing on this kid. $3 million lawsuit because they didn't follow through. And this athletic director's comment was, well, I didn't have the money and I didn't understand I had to do anything. He looked so bad in court that the jury awarded $3 million without a flinch. And again, all the points that you brought up, um, you don't do these things, talking to the ADs now that are listening and coaches, you don't have a plan. You don't educate your coaches. You don't go out and hire a trainer or a strength coach. You don't do that to avoid looking bad in court. You do all those things because it's the right thing to do for the kids, uh, for the programs. You know That's why you do these things. And if you do, it doesn't guarantee that a kid's not going to get hurt or a coach or a fan. But you, you do it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, again, for our listeners, we're visiting today with Dr. Thomas Sawyer, a longtime coach, coach educator, um, uh, athletic liability avoidance expert, uh, author, and he's also a regular contributor to the NIAAA's IAA magazine. Comes out four times a year. Uh, he always has commentary about schools that failed to avoid liability and then schools that were sued or ADs that were sued, but they had done the right things and, you know, the court ruled in their favor. Dr. Sawyer, um, again, a pleasure having you on. And, and for our listeners, we're going to be doing this uh, again in the future. But if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit more, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, they can uh, email me at uh, thomas.sawyer, S-A-W-Y-E-R, at live, L-I-V-E, dot com. Yeah. And again, check out uh, Dr. Sawyer, as I mentioned, uh, in every issue of the IAA magazine. A very prolific author, lecturer, you know, Google him, find out more. And uh, we're very fortunate Dr. Sawyer's agreed to join us. Uh, periodically on our Tech Tuesday segments. Uh, Dr. Sawyer, thanks uh, for sharing today. Great, great stuff. And um, hope you have a uh, a great summer as this 2023-24 season uh, unfolds on us. Thank you. Take care. For our listeners, uh, we do this every week and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back next time for another great Tech Tuesday segment and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Wow, really important information there. Uh, make sure you check out Dr. Thomas Sawyer. Before we go, we want to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors again. Uh, Home Campus, uh, your one-stop shop for school athletics. 
Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Sideline interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack start taking the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Huddle, uh, find out how to turn your school into a huddle school. Snap Mobile, uh, home of Snap Rays and all the other great platforms. Vinyl Signs Wall of Fame, uh, bring your school's legacy to life. And Gipper, start creating world-class content. That's Gipper.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Tech Tuesday and just about every day on the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.